welcome back. This is Ainsley, and this is my podcast, Pregnancy Prep. I am a registered massage therapist. I am also a birth and postpartum doula here in Ontario, Canada. And this podcast is meant to just be short little tidbits that can help people prepare for pregnancy, for labor and delivery, and for everything that comes postpartum. So welcome. Today's episode is actually a little bit of a divisive one. It's on circumcision. So I do just want to start off by saying that I know that it's a very divisive and sensitive subject and that this podcast is not meant to be commentary on religious, social, or cultural reasons that parents might choose to have their child circumcised. This is simply podcast trying to give you guys the facts. So this is a comment that I received and I thought that it would be a really good idea. I received it on Facebook um, this summer actually and I thought it would be a really good idea to make an episode for parents just as a reminder to not forget to talk about this. Don't put this subject of this conversation off because you think it might be uncomfortable or Because you think that you guys are on the same page, but you've never actually checked. Um, So that's all that this is. The actual comment that I received on Facebook said, If you have a boy, discuss circumcision with your spouse or your partner if you have one, um, and your doctor prior to the delivery. Because you will be in no shape to make such a big choice right after labor. And that really jumped out to me. I thought it was a really good point that it is absolutely something that should be done beforehand. Um, and again, I don't think that this, uh, I don't think this episode will actually help you decide which you want to do if right now you're struggling with that. But I think that it's going to give you some good unbiased and non-judgmental facts. Um, So hopefully that'll help you either build your argument or build your decision. So let's just start with what it is. So a circumcision is an optional surgical procedure that removes the skin that covers the tip of the penis, which is called the foreskin, from the human penis. Foreskin will be opened and the adhesions are removed so that the foreskin can be separated from the glands. And the glands is just the head of the penis. Um, this is going to be primarily done within the first two weeks of life. However, anything before four months is still considered newborn. So if it's done before that four months, you're still a newborn having it done. After the four months, the procedure can still be possible for children and adults but it's far less likely and less common. Um, And they recommend that you do it when the baby is so young because they are less aware and that they will recover far more quickly. Um, So that's just the overview, but just so that you have a better understanding of what would actually happen. Um, Because I know the people actually don't know. Like they know what it means to be circumcised, but they don't know what happens. Um... So this will be done most often in a hospital or a medical clinic. Um, I know a lot of the times here in Canada, 
if you know that this is something that you want and you've talked to your healthcare provider about it, it can often be done before you even leave the hospital after you've had your baby. Um, so the baby will have both their arms and their legs in restraints. So they'll be essentially strapped down or tied down to the table. The area will be cleaned and an anesthetic will either be injected into the base of the penis or applied as a cream. Um, again, if you're not a newborn, if you are an older client having this done, um, they would generally just put you completely under, under a general anesthetic. Um, but for the newborn, um, a clamp or a ring will be placed around the penis so that the foreskin can be removed. And that's what the procedure is. So healing for a newborn would last around approximately one week. And it will require some maintenance and some gentle cleaning from the parents. Um, so you can expect the baby to sleep for about six to eight hours after this procedure. And they will most likely miss a feeding completely. Um, well, that's going to make them extra irritable. Um, also, the pain is going to make them irritable and fussy. The area will be red and swollen. It could be bruised. It might have also like a small amount of yellow fluid around it. And all of these are very, very normal. Um, like mentioned, the baby will be fussy and irritable um, and will require you to be extra gentle with them when you're handling them. Um, even potentially not strapping on their diapers quite as tight as you normally would. Um, if... They are healing with a bandage, if that's what the medical staff, uh, how they do the procedure, if they've used a bandage. That means that you will have to change that with every diaper change, um, as well as putting a lotion or a cream on just so that um, the adhesions from the surgery do not adhere to the diaper um, or the bandage. So you want to keep that lubricated. Um, but of course, every doctor will have their own recovery instructions and those would be given to you post-surgery um but you should know that you'll probably be changing the diaper more often um, just because you want everything to be sanitized and clean as possible um and if they aren't using the bandage if they have used the ring instead of the bandage that ring will drop off on its own around seven days um things that you would want to watch out for if you have a baby who's circumcised you would want to watch out for normal urination returning um, no longer than 12 hours after the procedure. If it's longer than 12 hours, you wanted to call your doctor. Uh, if there's any foul smelling drainage, that's another warning sign you want to call your doctor. If that ring doesn't fall off after one week, if it remains on longer for one week, that's a call to the doctor. Um, and of course, persistent bleeding. If there is persistent bleeding happening at the wound site, you're calling your doctor for sure. Um, so again, these are not meant to scare you in any way. These are very, very common and very, very easy to handle. Um, I just think it's important to remember that when you're making this decision, you're not just making the decision for that one moment when the surgery is happening. Be aware that there's extra care needed. Um, afterwards. In the research that I did for this episode, I found out that the Canadian Pediatric Society does not recommend routine circumcision um, of every newborn baby boy, 
and that the American Academy of Pediatrics says that the benefits do outweigh the risks, but that they also do not recommend it to every newborn. Um, and all that means is it's, uh, it's not recommended. So that just means that it is, as I mentioned in the very beginning, an optional procedure. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit more, uh, later on in the episode, but right now I'd like to go over the potential benefits. Um, again, I know I keep saying this, but I'm not doing this to sway you one way or another. I don't have an opinion right now during this podcast. Um, I'm just listing off the benefits and the risks that I found. So these are just the facts. So potential benefits of a circumcision are that they are less likely to develop cancer of the penis later in life. All of the research that I did made it very clear and highlighted the fact that the type of cancer that this is reducing is actually very rare. So it does reduce the chance of cancer, but bearing in mind that that cancer is incredibly rare. It's not something that's very common. They will be less likely to get HIV or HPV infections, less likely to get a urinary tract infection during childhood, and this includes bladder infections and kidney infections within that first year of life. Um, some of the research said that uncircumcised babies are 10 times more likely to have issues with urinary tract, bladder, and kidney infections, um, but I found that 10 times more likely just means that 1% of those people will be affected. Um, Another potential benefit is that female sexual partners of those who have been circumcised are less likely to develop cervical cancer. Um, And then this point always came with a little caveat, but it says that it's easier to maintain hygiene. Um, But all of the research that I did, it constantly said after that, it would say easier to maintain hygiene in brackets those who are uncircumcised just have to be taught properly. Hygiene, it's not difficult at all. It's just something that has to be taught and instilled as something that you have to regularly do. Um, And potential risks, these are all very rare and minor, but they are risks. Um, The incision could bleed excessively um, or the area could get infected. Too much skin could be removed, not enough skin could be removed, Um, and if not enough skin is removed, the remaining skin could reattach to the end of the penis, and then that would require more surgery, Um, and then simply there's a possibility that it won't heal. So those are all the risks. Um, From a medical perspective, again, there are lots of religious reasons, cultural reasons, social reasons that this would be done. But medically speaking, um, one reason that it would be recommended from your healthcare practitioner would be because of phimosis, and that would be trouble retracting the foreskin. So if there is an issue with the foreskin and how it retracts, then a circumcision, circumcision would be recommended by your healthcare practitioner. And reasons why the medical staff would not recommend a circumcision would be if the baby was born with blood clotting disorders 
if it was a premature baby or a baby who already had other health concerns and was already getting surgeries for those concerns, um, or a penis born with an abnormality of the penis. So those are all reasons why it would be avoided. Um, if you are to choose not to circumcise your baby, um, some of the things that you should know about for caring for an uncircumcised penis are that the foreskin will cover the head, or again, that's called the glands of the penis. During the early years, it will slowly start to detach, but you're not to ever force it back. Um, it might not be fully retractable for about three to five years. And in some rare cases, it's not fully retractable until puberty. Um, and so when they're babies and when you're caring for it, you just want to gently wash the area without ever having to force it back. Like I said, um, and as your child grows, you will teach them to do the same. And then when it retracts, you will teach them to continue to clean that area. Um, oh yeah. So I want to return to how I was mentioning that it's an optional procedure. Um, please bear in mind that I am Canadian and so most of my research and most of my experience in this topic are all from a Canadian perspective. So I do apologize if, um, if any of these facts are completely incorrect for your country of origin. Um, if there's demand for it, if, if this is something that you're really interested in and you want more of a focus from your country's perspective, please just reach out to me on Instagram or on my email. They're all in the show notes. Um, and I can try to do more research on a different country. But here in Canada, um, they say that it costs between $200 and $500 to have this procedure done. So because it is not recommended and it is classified as an optional procedure, there is a cost to it. Um, the exact cost that I found for my area was $452. Another thing that I found when I was doing the research was that 31% of Canadian men are circumcised. Um, it's much higher in the U.S. I actually did look up that number as well, and it's 76 to 92% are circumcised. Um, and then in certain European countries, it actually as low as 20%. Um, so there's definitely a variation from country to country and from space to space. Um, and again, that would have a lot to do with different cultural beliefs, religious beliefs, and things like that. Um, but I think what this shows is don't do something just because you think that everyone in your area does it. Do your research and figure out what you're most comfortable with and what you think is going to be best and safest for your child. Um, I am going to end on just one of the claims about circumcision. Um, I have heard this a lot in the argument and I know that it's um, a bizarre one because it's really hard for a parent who has a baby or even somebody who's pregnant and doesn't even have the baby to view that person as an adult who would be having sexual pleasure but this is one of the topics that is constantly surrounding circumcision so the claim is that circumcision lessens the sensitivity of the glands during sexual pleasure later in life um but it turns out that that is just a claim and the findings were completely subjective and inconclusive so just if that was one of your <laughs> reasons for argument then 
we've kind of debunked that. Um, but that's all we've got today, actually, for this episode. If, um, if you have any more questions, like I had mentioned, uh, it's in the show notes, but please just find me on Instagram. I am ainsleyk.rmt.doula, so A-I-N-S-L-E-Y-K, period, R-M-T, period, D-O-U-L-A. Um, but yeah, the main point is to just talk about it. This should be a starting point for you and your partner to have a conversation about this and make sure you guys are on the same page and you're doing the thing that's most right for you and for your baby. So until next time, guys, have a good morning, afternoon, night, wherever you are in the world, and I'll see you next time. Bye.